Welcome to Beyond Walls Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Brian Graham. Today we are starting a new series and growing in the knowledge of Christ, developing a Christ-like character, and becoming more like Christ. I hope that through this study you will get a revelation, knowledge, and understanding, and that you will have a, a deeper personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So I want to open up in prayer and then let's get right into the Word of God. Father, I thank you, Lord that every ear that is listening to this podcast across the waves, Lord, that, Father, you bless them, that you open their ears, that they can clearly hear and understand your word. That, Father, as we go digging deeper in your word, dissecting your word, dissecting uh, every part of your word, that, Father God, we would get a fuller understanding of you, we would get a fuller understanding of ourselves, and we would get a fuller understanding of what it is that we need to work on and what areas in our lives that we need to work on to become more like you. So, Father, we thank you for blessing this, this series and blessing the people that are listening. I pray, Father God, that they would grow in the knowledge and understanding of you and that their relationship with you would be deeper and more intimate. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're going to start this new series. It's uh, Growing in Christ. I've actually written a book. Uh, it's in the process of getting published and then uh, shipped out. So, hopefully, we'll have updates on that coming soon. But um, right now, we are going to start this study. Uh, You will want to have paper and pen and also a Bible. I know many of us have Bibles on our computers and cell phones and tablets and things, but I really encourage you to go out and um, grab your old Bible that's just been sitting around and uh, literally open up the pages of the Bible and start going through all of these scriptures that I'm going to give you over the next several weeks and, and fully reading and understanding and meditating and chewing on them week after week after week so that you truly can become the man and woman of God that God has predestined for you to be from the very foundations of the earth. Amen. So I encourage you, get a Bible, get a pen, get paper, notepad, whatever it is that you got to do to take notes so that you can apply this to your life and you can become who God has called you to be. Amen. I want to start off with a, a short introduction of, of exactly what um, uh, this is all about, and then uh, we'll start digging into meanings and things like that. So we're going to be taking our text out of Second uh, Peter chapter one. Um, the second epistle of Peter is uh, a, a great letter. Um, there's three things that that we need to know right off the top uh, about Peter. Um, Number one is that that Second uh, Peter chapter one or Second Peter in itself was written with the awareness that that Peter's death was uh, imminent and it was going to come to pass. He wanted his readers to understand that he was going to die for the sake of Christ, um, and that no matter what, it was coming. And he wanted his readers to understand that. Um, you can you can read that in Second Peter chapter one verses fourteen. In fact, let's go ahead and just go there now. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 14, and let's, let's see what it says. Uh, verse 14 says, Knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. So he's telling these readers right there that, look, this it's coming. The time has come that I've got to uh, take off this tabernacle. Uh, and, and I'm going to get my glorified body. I'm going I'm going to be with the Father, and, and i got to go. But before I go... Before I go, there's some things that I need to tell you. 
the second thing is is uh, he was warning that false teachers would seek to lead the people astray. And we see that now more than ever before, that there are false teachers and prophets and, and, and just all types of uh, fake people out here in the world uh, trying to preach a false gospel and manipulate God's people and all of this stuff. And he wanted to warn them. He says, look, I got to go. I'm about to go be with my father. But before I go, you need to understand that there are going to be false teachers and, and they will try to lead you astray. I need you to understand this. And we see that in Second Peter chapter 2, uh, verses 1 and 2. And, and this is what the text says. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. So there was false teachers in the days of Jesus. There's false teachers today. And we see that um, among you who privately shall uh, bring in damnable hearsay, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. So we see that now that, that all the good that we try to do in this world is spoken evil of. Uh, the Bible is spoken evil of. Truth is, is, is now called a lie. And a lie is now called a truth. And um, the third thing is is that he wanted the people to know that, look, I'm going away. I'm about to go. This is, I'm taking off these old clothes. I'm taking off this old tabernacle. I'm, I'm about to leave this body. I got to go be with my father. But I want you to understand there's going to be false teachers that are coming after me. That's why I need you to understand. I need you to hear what I'm saying. And then... You need to understand that false teachers are going to come and they're going to try to lead you astray. And that, and lastly, he wanted them to have a hope that, that, that he was hoping that they would be mindful and they would have an understanding and, 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 and uh, bring to their remembrance the commandments given to them by the apostles of Jesus Christ. And we find that in Second Peter chapter 3. Um, let's go to chapter 3, if you will. And then we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. And it says, The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you. In both, I stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he wants them to understand it, and he wants them to remember the words that were spoken by, by their former prophets that uh, we are to um, be mindful of the commandments of Jesus Christ and by the prophets. Um, and, um, you know, the, 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 final, the final command of this age apostle, the final commandment that this apostle leaves his readers is a charge. He charges his readers to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's giving you a charge. He's like, okay, I'm telling you these things. I got to go. False teachers are coming. Remember the commandments. Remember what's been told to you. Remember what's been taught to you. Uh, don't ever forget it because the false prophets are going to try to twist it and manipulate it, right? 
And then he says, before I go, I want to charge you. I want to charge you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 18. Let's read that real quick here. It says, but grow in the knowledge, I mean, but grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. So he, 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 so before he goes, he said, I want to charge you. And I want to do that to you today. If you're listening to this radio podcast, I want to charge you from this day forth to start growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean to, to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ? And how can we be sure that we are growing in the knowledge? Well, with this lesson, I pray and I hope that this series, uh, Growing in the Knowledge of Jesus Christ, I hope to, one, define what Peter had in mind when he gave us his final choice. What was Peter thinking? What was he saying? What, what, what was he trying to tell the people? And secondly, I hope to encourage growth and development in your own life uh, with this knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because we should all be growing every single day. Today we should be better than yesterday. Tomorrow we should be better. Today we should always be growing, always adding, always growing, always adding and removing, adding and removing daily to become the men and women of God that God has called us to be. Amen. Um, now, the good news is, is that we're not left to wonder exactly what Peter had in mind uh, because we have scripture and, and scripture tells us. And, and this is our text. I want to go to our text now for this. This this text that we're about to read is the text for the entire series, 12, 13 weeks. I don't know how long it's going to be. We're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do by now, and you have pen and paper, write down the scripture. Second Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 5 through 8. And let's see what it says here. It says, and beside this, given all diligence add to your faith now we know that god has given every one of us a measure of faith that's automatically every person has a measure of faith but to this faith right we have to move past the faith we have to do more than just have faith right it says right here uh to your faith add virtue into virtue knowledge into knowledge temperance into temperance patience into patience godliness into godliness brotherly kindness into brotherly kindness charity and then verse 8 says this for if these things be in you and abound they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ over the next several weeks we're going to be breaking those two scriptures down and we're going to have a full understanding of what each one of those um, virtues or character christ-like character or characteristics of christ uh, look like and um, first, I want to I want to I want to talk about the development of these eight graces. Um, these graces um, that we just read were in Second Peter chapter one verses five through eight, and I want to define what each one of those 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 uh, graces are. There's eight of them, and and we know that we start with faith because everything that we do in Christ or with Christ or around Christ or involving Christ starts with faith. So the definition of faith is a conviction or a strong assurance. I want you to write that down. And then I also want you to write this down. I want you to write down all eight of these graces. 
virtue. Virtue is a moral excellence or goodness. Knowledge is correct insight. Self-control is self-discipline. Perseverance is bearing up under trials. Godliness is godly character out of devotion unto our God. Brotherly kindness is love towards brethren. And love is active goodwill towards others. Now, note carefully, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 8. What does it say? For if these things, faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love, if these things be in you, and abound, that means if they overtake you, if they consume you, if they define you, if they, they make up who you are, right? That ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if we are adding these eight graces to our lives as we grow in the knowledge and understanding of Jesus Christ, if we're adding these things to us, we will not be unfruitful. It's 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 not you're not capable of being unfruitful if you are doing these things, if they abound in you, if they consume you. We must abound in these eight graces. It's not an option. We must abound in these eight graces. And then only if we are abounding in these eight graces could we truly say that we are growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you this, it is definitely more than um, just simply increasing our intellectual knowledge of Jesus. Because such such knowledge, it has a place, but it is just one of the graces that is necessary. Peter, in, in, in this text, he's talking about growing in a fuller and personal knowledge of Jesus Christ, a fuller understanding, a fuller, more personal relationship with Jesus. That's what Peter's talking about, which comes by developing a Christ-like character. See, the Bible tells us to be, that we are to be imitators of Christ. We should have the character of Christ. We should have those attributes that are listed in the passage. And the more that we grow in these graces, the more we really know Jesus. For he is the perfect example of all of these graces. He accomplished every single one of these graces. Jesus had faith. He had virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. In every situation. And this, it involves more than the intellectual knowledge. It's also evident from the Greek word uh, epignosis, E-P-I-G-N-O-S-I-S, -I -I epignosis, which the meaning of this, uh, this Greek word is to become thoroughly acquainted with, to know thoroughly, to know accurately, and to know well. Because you can know a lot of things, but is it accurate? Is it true? Is it, is it truth? And this such knowledge comes only as we demonstrate these Christ-like graces in our lives. And um, another point that I want to make is uh, in conjunction with each other. These, these Christ-like graces or characters work together in conjunction with one another. Notice the word, said, the, the word says, to your faith add, right? Add or supply. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5, it says, And beside this, given all diligence, add. You have to add to your faith. So before each grace is mentioned, the word is implied, add. 
originally, uh, uh, the Greek word is epicheto. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's E P I C H O R E G E O. And originally, it, it is found to support a chorus to lead a choir to keep in tune. Right. That means that these eight graces have to work together in harmony. They have to work together to fulfill the song or fulfill the chorus. Right. Then to supply or to provide. And this word suggests the idea of each grace working together with the others to produce an overall effect. And what is the overall effect? With adding these eight graces to our lives on a daily basis growing day and day, adding and adding, and once you once you you um, master one, then you add the other, and then you master the next, and you add the other one, working together to fulfill an overall effect, which is what? You and me being Christ-like, walking in the fullness of Jesus Christ. Now, I believe that this will take us our entire life to complete these, because some of these things are very hard for us to complete. Some of them are very hard for us to endure. But we can do all things with the help of the Holy Spirit. And that's what's important. So before each grace is mentioned, the word is implied. Add to your faith. Add to faith. Virtue and so forth. Um, and, and when all of these things are working together, it, it fulfills an overall effect. And that effect is the Christ-like character. This implies that each grace is to temper and to make perfect the grace that goes before it. So faith so as as we have faith right we're going to add virtue so if if we add virtue to our faith it is to temper to make perfect the grace that goes before it so now we have virtue so we have faith so as we're working on virtue it's going to make the faith perfect as we're working on the um virtue for for instance to knowledge and self-control right the grace of self-control enables us to uh, apply properly the knowledge that we have and to self-control add perseverance. So self-control in turn needs the quality of perseverance in order for us to be consistent day after day after day after day. So in order for us to add these things, in order for us to grow day after day after day, we have to be consistent and we cannot be consistent if we don't have perseverance. So therefore, each grace is necessary. They must all be developed in conjunction with each other, no matter what. We cannot be selective. We can't pick and choose the ones that, that best fit us or the uh, pick and choose the easy ones and leave out the other ones. No, they have to work together. It's like a choir. It's like writing a song. They, the song has to go together to create an overall effect. If you leave one out, if you try to skip one, if you try to alter one, you're not going to have the effect of being Christ-like. It's just not going to happen. So, let I want you to notice the repeated use of the word diligence. Second uh, Peter chapter 1. We're still in this chapter. We're going to be here for a long time. Uh, chapter 1, uh, verses 5 and 10. So 5, it says, And besides this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, right? And then verse 10, let's go down. It says, Wherefore, the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. 
So I want you to notice that repeated use of the word diligence. It means uh, to have a zeal, sometimes with haste. It uh, To grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ requires much effort, much diligence. We do not accidentally and we do not naturally develop these graces. If we are to, if we're not careful, we may be like the teacher in the following illustration that I want to give to you. It says, in his book, Folk Palms of Faith, Ray Steedman tells the story of a woman who had been a school teacher for 25 years. When she heard about a job that would mean a, that would mean a promotion for her, she applied for the position. However, someone who had been teaching for only one year was hired instead of her. She went to the principal and asked why. And the principal responded, I'm sorry, but you haven't had 25 years of experience as you claim you. You have only one year experience 25 times. During that whole time, the teacher had not improved. And there's many of us in the Christian faith like that today. We've never moved past our salvation experience. We've been serving the Lord 25 years, but we never left the altar. We never left the salvation experience. We never added to our salvation experience. We never added to our faith. We never uh, uh, grew in Christ. We've just been repeating the same thing, the same salvation experience over and over and over 20, 30, 40 years. Never getting anywhere. Kind of like going in a circle, round and around and around and around. And, uh, you know, we, we may have been Christians for, for a number of years, but unless we are adding to our faith, these Christ-like characters with all diligence, we're simply just repeating the first year over and over and over and over and over again, never going anywhere, never growing, never getting intimate with Christ. So, in the, in the context of this passage, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 11, Peter provides five reasons why we should give all diligence to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Number one, grace and peace are multiplied, right? So I want you to turn with me uh, to uh, verses 2 to 11. It says right here, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby we are given unto exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And then we'll skip down to verses 10, because uh, we've read the the other verses already. Wherefore, the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So grace and peace are common forms of, of greeting in the New Testament. Number one, grace. It means a greeting with a request, God's unmerited favor upon a person addressed. And two, peace. A greeting requesting a natural result of God's favor. Now I want you to see that these two blessings are multiplied in the knowledge of Jesus Christ in verses, uh, uh, verse 2 of the same chapter. 
and what does it say? Grace and peace are multiplied. These are multiplied in your life. When you are adding to your faith and you are growing in the knowledge and the understanding of Jesus Christ and your relationship is getting more intimate and you are removing the, the negative things in your life and you're putting these positive things in your life, guess what? Grace and peace will be multiplied. All men experience God's favor and its result to some degree. So I want you to go over here to the to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, verses 45. And let's let's see what let's see what that says. Matthew 5:25. I mean 5:45, I'm sorry. What does it say here? Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 45. And it says, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. So all men experience God's favor. All men do. And, um, but only in Christ can one enjoy the fullness of God's favor and peace. Only in Christ. There's no other way. To have true happiness, true peace. True joy, it's found in Christ. It's not found in the things of this world. And um, if you desire God's grace and peace to be multiplied in your life, then it's through the knowledge or the epignosis of Jesus Christ as you become more like Him. Now, all things pertaining to life and godliness are provided to us. We note that God provides all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge or the epignosis of him who has called us to glory and to virtue. And uh, so, for instance, life in the context refers to our spiritual life and our well-being. Godliness refers to the um, conduct which comes out of a devotion to God. Only as we grow in the knowledge do we enjoy the truth full life available by God's divine power, which includes exceedingly great and precious promises, which enables us to be partakers of the divine nature, and which can free us from the corruption of this world through lust, um, to, to get us out of that. Um, if we desire to have all that God offers related to life and godliness, it comes as we develop these Christ-like characters that we've been talking about thus far in this study. Faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. It's only through those that we're going to receive uh, all things that are pertaining to life and godliness in our lives. Now, um, I want to move over, move on to uh, uh, spiritual myopia. M-Y-O-P-I-A and Amenasea A-M-N-E-S-I-A -A. Um, Our religion is short-sighted if we are not growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 9 Let's move over to there. It says, But he that lacketh these things is blind. If you don't have these characters in your life, these Christ-like characters developing in your life, you are blind and cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. So if you have given your life to the Lord, and you've surrendered your life to the Lord, and you've been serving the Lord all these years, 
and you've not got these Christ-like characters developing in your life, if you're not removing the neg negative stuff and adding in these these uh, eight characteristics, the Bible says you are blind, you're far off, and you've forgotten that God has taken you out of darkness and he's, he's placed you in a marvelous light. He's created a new creature in you. You've forgotten those things and you are now blind. Um, for for what is the ultimate objective of being a Christian? Well, it is not it is not to become Christ-like, right? It's not. That's not the ultimate uh, uh, objective of becoming a Christian. So let's go to the Book of Romans, chapter eight, and let's see what it is. All right. Let's see. Let's see what is the objective. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his Son, and he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So, as we have seen, this is what it really means to grow in the knowledge of Christ. Failure to, to grow indicates that we have forgotten why we were redeemed by the blood of, of the Lamb. You know, failure to grow, failure to add, failure to die to our flesh, failure to pick up our cross daily means that we've forgotten that we were redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ in the first place. Um, but also, we have to become what he wants us to be. We have to be conformed to his son. Unless we want to be guilty of forgetfulness and uh, uh, slacking, we need to grow in the knowledge of Christ. We cannot forget that we must grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because if we are growing in the knowledge of Christ, if we are adding to our faith, then we will never stumble because you will not have room to stumble. You will have not room to fall, right? Because Peter says if you do these things, you will never stumble. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, what it says. So, if you are diligent to make your calling and election sure, if you add to your faith a virtue, if you add to your faith uh, uh, knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and brotherly kindness and love, if you abound in these eight graces, you will not stumble. It's not possible for you to stumble if you're doing those things according to the Word of God. Now, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. And I want to start reading. I want to read verse 8 and then I'm going to skip down to verse 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So Peter says, if you do these things, you will never stumble. If you are diligent to make your call in the election, sure. Um, if you are bound in these eight graces. Now, this does not mean that we will never sin. That's not what it's saying. It's not what it's saying. The word stumble in the Greek means to fall into misery, become wretch, 
That's what it means. It doesn't mean you're not going to sin. It doesn't mean that you're not going to struggle. We will never stumble so as to fall short of our ultimate salvation. The loss of salvation. So the word stumble in the Greek means to fall into misery, become wretched. The loss of salvation. We will never stumble so as to fall short of the ultimate salvation. But this assurance is true only. Listen to me now. It's only true only if we are given all diligence to grow in the knowledge of Christ. And thereby making our calling and election sure. There's no other way. You have to do these things. You have to abound. You have to grow. You have to add. Uh, if we're adding these things to us, then we will have an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom. This everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ that he's prepared for us. Second Peter uh, chapter 1 verse 11 says this right here. It says, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If we're adding to our faith, if we're adding these Christ-like characters, if we're in unity with the Holy Spirit, if we are taking the negative out of our lives and replacing it with these graces and we're growing in the knowledge and understanding, we're growing in our relationship, we're growing in the things of God, we're studying and we're reading and we're applying and we're meditating and chewing and all these things that pertain to becoming Christ-like, then the everlasting kingdom will be ours. Um, this everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ is a heavenly kingdom referred to uh, by Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And um, 4.18 actually. Um, in other words, the ultimate uh, destiny is uh, redeemed. What is it meant by the ideal of an abundant entrance? Well, let's say it like this. You, you may be able to enter not as having escaped from a shipwreck or from a fire, but as it were, and triumph, victory. Bingle, that means triumph, B-E-N-G-E-L. By possessing these eight graces, we'll be able to live victoriously in this life and to joyously anticipate what lies ahead. So, are these not sufficient reasons to grow in the knowledge of Christ? This is, today is just an introduction of, of what we're going to be getting into. Uh, starting next week, we're going to start breaking down and really digging deep, deep into each one of these graces. But everything that, that I've spoken about today, are these not sufficient reasons to grow in Christ and want to get closer to Him? I mean, you have so many, so many reasons, so many benefits uh, to... Um, Growing in Christ, grace and peace are multiplied. I mean, uh, everything that's pertaining to your life and godliness is provided. Um, you have spiritual myopia. Um, you'll never stumble. Uh, you'll have an abundance entrance into everlasting uh, life. I mean, these are great benefits to adding 
and persevering and pressing forth into these eight graces. I don't know about you, but I need faith and virtue and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and brotherly kindness and love. I need those things in my life. For through such knowledge, grace and peace are multiplied, all things pertaining to life and godliness are provided, spiritual myopia and amnesia are avoided, we will never stumble, and we have an abundant entrance into everlasting kingdom will be ours. We can walk into the, 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 the gates of glory with our head held high, knowing that we're going to hear the words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Because such knowledge requires the development of eight graces in conjunction with each other and with all diligence. I believe and I trust that you will agree that a careful study of these eight graces which lead to developing a Christ-like character is definitely going to be worth the effort that you, you put into it. So I want to encourage you, we're going to end this podcast um, on this note that I encourage you to show up weekly, uh, listen to these these um, these studies each week, take notes, write down notes, uh, study the scriptures for yourself so you can get a clear understanding because if you persevere, which is one of the things we want to talk about, if you persevere through all of these, these teachings over the next several weeks, if if you apply them and you you put in the effort that is required for you, I promise you that by the end of these studies, this series, you will be a different man and woman of God. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, so for our next podcast, um, which will be next week, um, we're going to be talking about building on faith. And we're going to start breaking down... Uh, each grace um, as I said before there will be a lot of scripture a lot of scripture reading um, some some of the lessons will be longer than others they go more in depth um, but I feel that if you put in the effort required to uh, literally grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ I, I feel that the benefits will definitely be worth it so I want to close with this. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, put in the effort that it's going to take for these studies. I hope you will join us again. Uh, Beyond Walls uh, radio podcast as we take this journey into growing and adding to our faith. So let me close with this prayer. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, that, that your word went forth today. I pray, Lord, as we begin to dig deeper into this study, that Father God, that that you would even open my eyes. That I pray that every hearer and every reader, Father, would would uh, uh, begin to have their spiritual eyes open, their spiritual ears open, that they can see and that they can hear truly what you are trying to tell your people, and that you can show us and explain to us by the by way of the Holy Spirit exactly what it is that we need to get from each one of these lessons, so that we can develop the Christ-like characters in our life. Father, I thank you, Lord, that, that we are the head and not the tail. I thank you, Lord, that you go before us. The battle belongs to you. As we embark on this journey of life, adding to our faith, I pray that you go before us, that you guide us, that you uh, protect us, that, Father, that when we want to give up or we want to walk away, that, Father, you would give us the strength and the unction 
that you would push us into our destiny. And Father, I thank you for every one of the listeners today. And Father, we're going to give you praise, we're going to give you honor, and we're going to give you glory. Because Father, you and you alone are worthy to receive all praises, all glory, and all honor. In the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you, and until next week, be blessed.